Hello, friends. If you're here for Ben Shapiro's sex tips, you've come to the wrong place. Welcome to some GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 419 of the Mermaid Seahorse Live Shitty House Banner Podcast. I'm your Just host, saying. GCR, and with Mumford me as always, Rob Bass. Uh, um, yep. And Cartoon Joe. <laughs> and I think what you were doing is knocking uh, Old House of Valerian, and uh, I'm going to have to take issue with it. I'm Maybe not knocking can... their house, but their sigil is gay. Oh, I like the sigil. I think the sigil oh, was you're, you're a fish man, though. The sigil, For, since way is, back. The sigil might be my, uh, my calf cover-up tattoo. I might get a little House Valerian tattoo. That's fine. You're, like, you're a fish man. I was a fish man. Oh. Christ. No, I expected more reaction out of you, Joe, with that one. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to remember what a what a what that was called. It's called a hippocampus. Which is weird because that's also no, the it's part fiddler of on the roof. No, 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 no. The horse. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why the thing in the brain is named that. Because it's shaped that way or Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily shaped like the Valerian it's, sigil, but it's I shaped like a camp tent. It's shaped like a horse, like a seahorse. Oh, I didn't know that. Or a hippo camping, but I presume it seems like something that I, Greeks I like would conflate. Oh, which oh, would be a better house sigil than than seahorse merman would be the a hippo, hippo and like a like one of those like it's bigger on the inside Harry Potter tents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was going with like it's a it's a one man like straight lay banger, and so it's you know oh. it's pretty much just covering the hippo's midsection. Um, one of those deals, or he's glamping and he's in like a fucking luxury uh, RV. Yeah, like one of those uh, drug hippos down in Colombia. Yep. Mm. Long may they reign. I think Indeed. if you were to take one of those, like, it's just an RV clouds. and a giant cross necklace. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, shit. Hippo. Catholic hippos make the best smugglers, as everyone knows. I thought you were going to um, say Catholic hippos make the best meth. And I was going to. That is also it. true. Joe, the sentence Joe, just, it's just open ended, really. Joe, Put it on the please. front of the shirt, and then the back of the shirt is up to your own editing. Joe, I was. Right about the hippocampus thing, and seeing them compared next to each other is very disconcerting. Oh my god! Huh? I <sighs> did not know that. I'm glad that we all have learned something today. I'm, I'm, happy, yeah. to, I'm happy to know that at some point, um, there was some Greek I had like, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had like one of those like a sinus infection, and I blew my nose really hard, and I I, mm-hmm. I think I actually blew my hippocampus out of my nose. Mm-hmm. That's came out of my body before, I think. I what happened? Well, you can't regulate your body, I believe. Yep, personally. That, that happened. I do like that some Greek guy said, like, huh, I'll call this 
while <laughs> while he was in the process of eviscerating some person's fucking right. brain. Right. Because it's not like there was surgery yet. Like, hey, Denunzio, does this look like a seahorse? Yeah. <laughs> of course it's Denunzio, right? <laughs> of course it is. I mean, he's Greek. Oh, shit. Hey, we're all back together for the first time in some weeks. Yeah. Much, much rejoicing. What's everybody been doing? Um, I, Joe, Nick, the three of us I know had a big weekend. Um, you actually got uh, a little uh, Nick some some Twitter play, which I thought was very cool. I don't um, even know how to tweet, but there it was. Nice, nice game banger there. A uh, little back to the board, big Boy, man action. I like to see it. The word he said was game, uh, listeners. Just so you know. I didn't say um, yeah, I, that's I, true. We all God. know that if, if you were to be a gangbanger, you would be one of those uh, uh, Capoeira gangbanger types. Oh, without question. I, I, I live in loose-fitting cotton pants and little else. Big, wait, big you mean Mark the breakdancing Dick. fighting? Yeah, yeah a lot big of Mark DeCascos okay. fan. Huge. I mean, where's the bongos and the white guys? Yeah. Um, I don't think, Nick, these two have ever seen only the strong. They have no idea what we're talking about. Not at all. Not even. Yeah, but they ought I'm to. Pretty sure you're right. I would like to, if anybody listening would like to uh, um, send us uh, $200 for drinks and food we will get together and do a, a director's commentary for mark dacascos's masterpiece only the strong it, the, uh, the his his seminal apex work yes uh, yes before his iron chef days yeah well before his uh uh like what's brotherhood of the wolf la pacta de lupus yes god fuck yes that <laughs> The other Mark Dacascos <laughs> seminal work. <laughs> Fuck me in what the face. Great, what a great double feature that would be for the four of us. Oh my God. Oh, Watching Rob's head spin around three times in perfect <laughs> circumference. <laughs> That'd be great. That would be uh, something else. Yeah, man. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, yeah. somebody's going to send us 200 bucks for uh, food and drink. Mm-hmm. As Rob asks why the big guy is wearing gator skin boots and doing that kick dance <laughs> fighting thing. I actually have no qualms with the gator skin boots. It's the kick you dance will. fighting. At WorldCon, I'm pretty sure we saw somebody in gator skin boots, Joe. Oh, yeah? Can I, I uh... So regale us with some tales, if you might. So this, here's, the, here's the best part about WorldCon, is we, uh... Um, it's Friday morning. I head to O'Hare to pick up uh, the cons. I'm in the cell phone lot, and I text Joe like, hey, when are you coming to the Airbnb? And he says, I was actually wondering if on the way to O'Hare, you could pick me up. And I said, Joe, I'm already at O'Hare. But <laughs> never fear, I will still pick you up. So me and the cons pick up Joe, and we head to the Airbnb. We're the only ones there. Everybody's already at WorldCon. And we decide it's not that far. We'll just walk. Oh, it's like half yeah. an inch on the map. Yeah, it's only half an inch on the map. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> three hours. We've done this before. Five miles and three hours later. God, I love at, it. At one point, my watch um, buzzed, and I looked at it and it said, 
Um, what the fuck are you doing? Return Ryan's watch, thief. <laughs> are you okay? Because <laughs> there's Colin, no way. The there's no way that you're actually Ryan wearing the watch. <laughs> but we, uh, um, a, a, a classic, um, and it'll be on uh, uh, gcl.threadless.com eventually in our our season nine koozie collection is the koozie or the wall poster that says, I came here to scoot and eat ass <laughs> and I'm all out of scoot. <laughs> because that happened. That was said. But here's the best part. We get there right away. We go to a, a panel about society and will uh, during a societal collapse, will humanity band together Mm-hmm. Um, or will we uh, like tribe up and murder each other? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I am prepared to read you two questions Joe asked during that panel. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I'm just I'm impressed that he asked a question. That's... Oh well, well the questions got. Uh, first of all, just listen to anything Robert Evans talks about on any of his podcasts. Like it could happen here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And you already knew the answers to anything that the panel was telling you. So we were kind of like, well, yeah, civilization well, and, is only skin and deep, a much more positive answer. So it's me and Joe and the cons and we're at this thing. And at, at one point, this lady says, you know, let's just take this room. If we were all locked in this room and we couldn't leave this room and somebody in this room had a granola bar, we would have to decide who gets the granola bar. Um, you know, we'd have to decide. Um, if we should share the granola bar or if no one gets the granola bar. And we all kind of took a look around the room and I just, I looked at Joe and I was like, I'm just going to get the granola bar. I think right. I'll just, I think I'll just take the granola bar because um, no one in this room, room, no one in this room can stop me from taking the granola bar. It takes Ryan five seconds to become a warlord. In five seconds, I'm the guy with the granola bar. Yeah, he's yeah. the granola ro- warlord. <laughs> okay. Well, then I got to write that down. Well, just a, somebody get a pen. That's a great. That is, that is a that's the second best uh, show to know this week. Uh, the granola <laughs> warlord. <laughs> so one guy asked this question, and uh, this this big this big guy this big guy raises his hand and he says, um, "Okay, so hypothetically, aliens come down and they they take over, but they're going to offer us like a living wage. Um, don't we just do what they say?" Boy, rough start to the whole. The whole. There's like, there's like. What's the point of the panel again? Is this just like a like? The other other thing he said was, uh, uh, "This is kind of different than what I was expecting." So I'm just going to ask the question I was prepared to ask for the panel I didn't go to. Hell yes. Mm. Joe Joe then asks, if Langston Trufant's Into the Hinterland series. He talks about the abundance of Polish horse thieves, and I wonder if you could speak to this. Mm-hmm. My could man. They? No, they no. couldn't speak to that. He then asked a follow-up question. Are you bothered that Jar Jar Binks has a black Caribbean accent? Could you speak to that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and I, and I died a million it. deaths. Well, you had to. There's no when you find a really pretentious person or group of persons, <laughs> you must. Uh, but oh, it was good. It was a good time. Got to see uh, 
uh, Scott Lynch, uh, author Scott Lynch was there and John Scalzi was there. Um, um, the second, the second day we went to a reading of his and then, um, just had like a beer with him at the bar that was there. Cause he was there and, um, we had a beer. So that was pretty cool. Good to see nice. everybody. Um, hijinks abundance at the Airbnb. It was fun. Um, I might've sworn the three of you to join me in a one last trip to ice and fire con. Yeah, Why would right. you do that? It's the last one. They're Ever? not anymore. Ever. Wow. Um, so I might have, uh, I might have, uh, sworn have, you guys into some sort of devil's orgy. I have more questions about why it's ending than about the fact that you did that. I'm fascinated, um, but I'm in. It, uh, well, it, brought, they, brought, they've ran Brian, out of volunteers. Brian has, has achieved his life's mm. mission, so he's he's retired from the fucking Midwest orchestrated mm-hmm. sex play biz or whatever the fuck it really Hold was. Hold on, I gotta write that down. Midwest orchestrated sex play. Oh God! Oh geez! Oh geez! Oh God! Oh God! Oh geez! Right there! Oh God! Oh geez! Um, no, Worldcon was fun. We uh, um, we watched House of the Dragon together. Um, nice. We uh we had uh we went to a uh, a cool old fashioned bar and had all sorts of bourbon drinks with all sorts of bourbon, um, real good time. Our good friend Will Bramhall rode the lightning. Um, bless his heart. Bless his heart. And uh, yeah, it was a great time. Great time. Nothing like having a a world con uh right in your walking distance backyard. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, next year is in Chengdu, China. Perfect. And twenty twenty four. You got in on it now. Twenty twenty four is uh Glasgow. Glasgow. Nice. So for someone who has never been to Worldcon and only knows about it by the fact that like you guys went and I have other friends who have gone before, uh what is Worldcon? What like is what it, is it? It is a convention that has a big literary bent to it. Okay. Um, it's very panel driven. Fantasy. Right. Uh, like the literary. Hugo Awards are awarded and voted on at Worldcon. Okay. Um, it is a science fiction and fantasy convention that is uh, that has a very strong literary bend to it. Okay. And it's like I said, there's a it's Ooh. it's wildly panels driven. Um, Seed sat on four or five panels. Um, I think actually any one of us, we, the four of say, us, could have had a panel. I would say apparently they just let anybody have a panel. Yeah. Based on and, the one panel we went to. And it can be about anything. Um, I'm sad that we didn't. <laughs> well, I didn't really know. Who it, sure. I it, Yeah. Um, um, who organizes this event? So it's it's really unique in that. Um, like different cities will get a committee together and they'll create like a, it's kind of like the Olympics in a way there's, um, members of, cause you don't buy like a pass or a badge. Like when you're at Gen Con, you actually buy a membership. So like I'm a member of Worldcon, which being a member allows me to vote on where other Worldcons are held. 
Um, I also get to vote on like the Hugo Awards. Um, so the cool thing is that like you could get, we could, I could be part of a committee of people that are trying to bring Worldcon to Indianapolis, and you would basically submit like, hey, I want to be Indianapolis Worldcon 2026. And here's what we have to offer. Here's what we're going to call it. Here's the theme. Here's who we're going to have there. Um, here's our special guest of honor. And uh, sometimes, like, no one, there's no bid. Like, I think Chicago ran unopposed for this year. Um, and I, they schedule it, like, two, three years out. So, like, I voted, I think, on, I, I think I voted on, like, Worldcon 2025? which uh, Winnipeg was uh, wanting to have it at Winnipeg. So it was like Winnipeg and some other place, Bangladesh, maybe. And I said, yes. Winnipeg's closer. So my, uh, uh, my Uber driver that night was Bangladeshi. Huh, I've never been to Uber driver. You better. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well done. So yeah, that's what Worldcon is. It's it's kind of cool. It's um of Were all the cons any... I've been to, I still prefer Gen Con. There's just more to do. Mm-hmm. Um once you walk through the uh like exhibitors hall, which is mainly like a bunch of cool old booksellers. Sure. Um once you do that, it's just going from panel to panel, really. Um a much I found myself experience. I found myself like showing up, walking through the exhibitors hall go into a couple of panels, find in the bar until it was time to leave. Mm-hmm. So, but it was still, it was still cool. And it was, it was fun to be with everybody in, uh, in Chicago. So. Nice. Were there any authors or anything of the like that you guys, uh, would have been interested in seeing there or did have a chance to suss out? I, we, we ended up chatting with, um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, with Scott Lynch, he wrote the uh, the Lies of Locke Lamora. I don't know if you guys have read that. Like the gentleman, I think it's the Gentleman Bastard series. Um, he didn't have a panel or anything. He was just there, mm-hmm. and we we saw him uh, leaving the bar, and LK and I chatted him up for a little bit, um, and then we actually went to a reading, one of uh, um, John Scalzi's reading. Um, he's the author of Old Man's War. Oh, nice. Yeah. So um, he actually read the third chapter from his next book that's coming out in next June. Um, And then there was another lady. I can't remember her name um, that read. It was like a it was an hour long panel. She read a half hour of one book. He read a half hour of his book. Um, And there was uh, there was other authors there. And then we went to all the seeds panels. He was on like a. Um, genre films of the of the year, like best genre films panel. He was on a panel about uh, the MCU, which went like it was a it was a room filled filled with like uh, boomers who were mad that the MCU is a thing. Cool, just, like like fun. like why are there phases? Why can't they just call them chapters? And like I guess it got to the point where the moderator had to like shut it down because it was just getting like stupid like it was a bunch of old white people mad that like kids had a thing 
rather than like the concept is supposed to be like the MCU for beginners or like, like, so you don't know much about the MCU, but you want to. And and instead it was just a fucking a bitch fest. Hell yeah. Yeah. The fucking cool. Well, that sounds fun and interesting. Yeah. um, I mean, it was an interesting con. It It was a good time. Maybe I'll go to China next year. I'd like to go for more than a day next year, I think. Well, not I, next year, but maybe in two I years. probably won't go to China. I'm I'd love leaning, to go to There's year. so much I'm, awesome shit in China though. Yeah, but I I'm not I'm leaning strongly into I don't know anybody else who's going to China. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't No. No. I would go Did to the podcast Glasgow, pay though. for that. You might get me to Glasgow. Yeah, I should go to Glasgow. I would go to Glasgow. Um, but uh, I met for the first time. He's been a longtime Internet friend. Uh, Simon Filler. I don't know if you guys have had it. I don't think anybody's had a chance to meet him, but Joe and I. Um, he is if uh, him and Dolby could have been like parent trapped. Yes. Wow. Like they were like they were twins, but one of them went to like a posh school. And the other <laughs> and the other one was Dolby. <laughs> you beat me to it um so he was uh the other one was, was raised by wolves it was <laughs> one of them went to a pop school the other one's romulus <laughs> <laughs> so no world con i would go to i would now that i've done world con and gen con and ice and fire con i'd like to get to dragon con i'd like to do c2e2 i'd like to do one of the paxes i think mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, like PAX East, isn't it? Isn't it in like Philly? Uh, I think I so. That sounds right. Something, something along. It's either there. Philly or like Pittsburgh. It's. I think it's yeah. one of the Pennsylvania. One of the PAX vapes, but I don't think that's what you're talking about. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know though. I don't vape. I would love to get out to PAX West at some point. PAX West is in Seattle. Seattle. Okay, I don't know if Seattle or Portland. I bet Mitch Gittleman goes to that. Hell yeah, he does. I'm sure he does. Saint Mitch. Let's do it then. Let's Mitch go to PAX West. And then, I mean, Seattle's only a hop, skip, and a jump away from the promised land. Nick was just talking about wanting to make a pilgrimage out to Portland. So, the Rose City? Yeah. Hell's Man, yeah. I, I've always been. I've got, a, I've got a special backpack for my trip to Portland. Hell yes. I've always been like uh, enchanted by the concept of Portland. Mm-hmm. And then. What like, a sentence. My God. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It made That's sense to me Indiana when I said it. Sen- That's the most Indiana sentence I've ever heard. It is, but like also like having lived there, it's great. Besides Russell, my mom. Look, I'm enchanted by the concept of Portland. I, um, and then you watch Portlandia. And then like, from like season 18 of Top Chef was in Portland. And we just got done watching that. And it's like... <laughs> Fuck this thing is like Portland's awesome. Like everything about mm-hmm. it, I I can't. Let's. I would love. Place. I would love to go to Pax West and then spend like three extra days in Portland. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of white dreads and unwashed bare feet. Mm-hmm. It's my gut feeling. Speaking of white dreads, I feel like it's more Colorado. That's fair. That was a great segue right there. Thank you. Speaking Thank of you, yeah, white Thank dreads you. and seahorses. White dreads and dreaded 
dragons. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. White dreads and dreaded whites. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. You were so close. <laughs> let's put some let's put some plugs in and talk about House of the Dragon. Okay. Hey guys, if I told you we had a website called gcl.threadless.com, what do you think you'd find there? Um pacifiers. Yes. Sundries. Dongles. Yes. A, a funny hat. A big funny hat. Like a cowboy hat from like a uh, game show skit? Yes. Yeah, all like, of those things. Yeah. You want a giant cowboy hat with our logo on it? Or possibly a catchy saying? Go to that site. What's it called, Joe? GCL.threadless.com. It is. Go there. Get some Go swag. Where? Hey, Rob. Yes. You say it. GCL.threadless.com. 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 So, Rob, who you has have watched? watched the Dragon House? Uh, yes, I am current. Uh, I am up to current presently. You're current. I'm current. Joe, I'm are you current? current? I am. Nick, are you current? Roger. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like a sweet. Gotta be theory. kidding me. We're all on the same page with this. We've all seen all three episodes. I show prepped last night against my will. Can I ask? Yes. Can I ask you guys a question that I've been wanting to ask you about the show since the first episode? Go for yeah. it. Do you feel is... like they have, up until now at least, made this show for the book readers? Say no. Like you're saying no. 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 I and feel I think, like not, I think not they have like a, not in like a. Not like a in a righteous indignation, no, but just a factual no. I'm just yeah, saying, I, as in, like, um, honestly, don't know. I'm, I'm well, no, because I, I would say that it's it's only the very most diehard of folk like ourselves that probably have read the history of Restoros. Right. You know, so, but they, there's but also they, but there's also it. fire and blood, and there is also like other George R. R. Martin pieces that cover a lot of this stuff too. What but I'm like, I they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing it so well that it seems like they're staying very, very true to the story. And I well, think- that's because they learned from 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 B. Jackson Handjob, whatever the fuck those two clowns were. That right, but you who can't did? just go off script and right. But we all know we all know a ton magic. of people who watched Game of Thrones cold, who had no knowledge of it, and would tell you to this day they loved it and thought it was, and they still think it's a great show, one of the greatest sure. shows on television. So they stopped making that show for the book reader. They stopped hard. Sure, right. I. And, they, find, and they suffered for it. Right. I and mean, this, this show isn't suffering for it is what I'm getting at. And I think that it's almost because they're they 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 learn their lesson. They know it's the yeah, point. Yes, where they're gonna because make, for they're all his, this show for all his faults. George Rotunda is <laughs> a, a gifted and brilliant storyteller and. uh you know, good core material. Most sci-fi TV writers are not in that same ilk. So, yeah, if you have, you can stay the course with the original material. You would be want to do so, so and have a better product. My, just because, just because Game of Thrones got their legs sort of under them in season seven ish, doesn't mean that they didn't fall all over their face and dick 
for the first year and a half after they ran out of show out of source material. Well, but I feel like those are fundamentally two different problems. Like running out of source material means that you've run out of source material. You can no longer rely on the source material because you have to create any amount of story because there's no source material from it. Um, right. So hey, the, you gotta make the, story the major of failing the of the, the show ultimately came down to them moving past source material for, for Game of Thrones uh, was they had moved past the source material. They had done like the first four, four and a half, five seasons, right. maybe even. They went, you know, they adapted fairly well off of the books. They had stuff to adapt off of. They did it in such a way that they could uh, both delight and enrage massive portions of the fan base, at the least enough so to get them to keep coming back. And they also made it incredibly accessible for people who would never even try to slog through those books, let alone have ever read them. Um, I feel like this, this show does a really, uh, I feel like House of the Dragon specifically does a really good job at making the show really accessible. Um, I do feel like it is, um, I don't know, maybe it's also because like I had read Game of Thrones and a lot of the reading material prior to um, prior to Game of Thrones specifically. And so I went in with a more clear um, story in my head. I I haven't touched this material since before Game of Thrones has ended. So a lot of it, like, I've forgotten more than I remember at this point in time. And uh, it was also, you know, generally deep lore stuff anyway. Things that you would find in World of uh, Ice and Fire or uh, in the Deadliest Women short stories that uh, George R. R. Martin would put out in different, like, anthology books. Um and stuff like that. So I wasn't nearly as familiar with this source to begin with. I will say that like as we've been going on, uh, more of it has been like clicking, and I've been like, oh, that's this person, or oh, that's this person, or like, oh, that person has like this very specific Valyrian steel axe. That's a really cool detail because they could have just like made that a sword for this guy, like the Lord There's, of House Valyria. The details. The details, I think, is where the show really gets the people like us that's and other what, like that's die what hard I was fans. trying to say. There, sure. There's so, so much shit in every one of these episodes that you don't know unless you know that it's they, <laughs> it's so good at what they're yeah. so good at what they're doing right now. And it is it's, it's kind of blowing me away. It's fascinating how like. All of the details are like interwoven in the background, but I feel like it hasn't been just a cacophony of information. Um, like, I know that we're also only like three episodes in by this point in time, but it doesn't feel like there's an unwieldy amount of characters. There hasn't been a drastic amount of jumping around from point to point. Uh, trying to tell stories in m- multiple places, or at least as much so as like some of well, earlier, later. Sure, yeah, and it did jump a little bit around in the the latest episode. It's a little, but I still feel like a little it was, loose. I feel like more in time than in space, though. Sure, um, but we've had two time jumps between the episodes. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I did specifically cool. want to comment well, on I that mean, as well. Because at, at least they, they were time jumps and not just like, uh, hey, weren't you at the wall five seconds ago? Right. And now you're in Dorn. See, see, that's the reason why I actually really like this. Because uh, yeah. I did have another friend that had posed a similar question to me recently as well. Um, it gives the story a lot more breathing room and it allows for more of a slow burn. All right. So you can set all of these like small things that are going to inevitably lead to some sort of big conclusion. Like we all know that uh, King Viserys, Viserys, Jesus, God, the the king is going to fucking King Jesus. I don't know. I I might have somebody call a doctor. First of his name. Stroke. Uh, So uh, Viserys is going to die at some point in time. what? So we've got well, I know shocker. Uh but it's the his death is clearly going to, you know, lead to all sorts of catastrophe and I like that they're l- taking the time to say that firstly all of the story that you are seeing isn't something that just like happens the week before of his, his death, right? We are laying these seeds for this that uh um for this whole system to start cracking and falling apart. And an inevitable civil war or something of the like to incur. Um, And we can take the time to actually give it its due diligence and say, like, look, this isn't something that, like, just happened in season one. This is something that's been happening over the course of a decade. And this was inevitable by the time that we actually get to it at the end. Um, It wasn't a random choice on the part of Gormless John. Right, exactly. And I really like that. I like that it's kind of slowing down the pace. Um, Like, I feel like even though they are doing huge time jumps, it's really slowing things down. They're able to say like, all right, we just need to tell this part of this story that happens at this point in time. Once we get through this chunk of this story. You couldn't do this without time jumps. It would be a fucking season's worth of fucking. Right. Of of nothing. Exactly. It would just be filler. Right, you have to do it with time jumps. Eventually, it slows down. Yeah, and I appreciate the narrative storytelling that way, too, because I I think the the sort of the second most important rule to show, don't tell is don't show, let the audience fill it in for themselves. Sure. And I just, it's, it's doing a really good job of doing that. It's giving you just enough to figure it out for yourself without having to... Uh, you don't have to think so hard about it that you're confused, but also like, it's not that hard to put the pieces together and go, Oh, so she's, this is her second kid on the way. Right. For, for Alicent with a T there's, there's just all sorts of shit. Like, especially yeah. in this last episode where like, like when she, um, when she has that fucking moment of catharsis with that boar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm surprised Sir Cole didn't right there call her Megor with tits. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, did you guys catch um, when she came back with the board? Did you catch fucking Breakbones? Did you catch Harwin Strong? I'll, I mean, and that's the thing. It's a thing where it was it was for us, right? It was for people who knew what to look for. There's sure. just a dude. There's just a dude. They mention him early when his dad is having a conversation with the king. And he says, oh, you know, when the king's like, oh, what do you want me or, you know, Rhaenyra to marry your son, Sir Breakbones, right. right? They mention him, but then they actually show him later without actually telling you who it is. It's just yeah. a dude with his fucking sigil on his check. It's really dirty. You could barely see it. But I'm watching it. And I'm like, hey, there's my guy. 
there's fucking breakbones right there. And they don't fucking, I mean, he plays a huge part in the story. Yeah. I'm, just, I just, I, uh, I'm deliberately, I've deliberately gone in colder than a vampire's demeanor. Oh. <laughs> fucking nice. Colder than a vampire's demeanor. Since I, I first read this story, I was looking for stuff to listen to, and Ian Glenn reads this story on YouTube. It's free. Last I checked, and it's probably pulled off there now because the show's on HBO, and HBO oh, yeah, has that yeah. kind of power. But it was, it's, it's narrated by him, and that's the first time I heard it. And I, this is like outside of small chunks of Westerosi history. Like, I think Robert's Rebellion is cool. I think the whole Tower of Joy thing is cool. Mm-hmm. But for like a, an actual time period, I like this story better than like the Nine Penny Kings. I think this is my favorite chunk of Westerosi history is the fucking Dance of the Dragons. And I would love to know more about the um, the Age of Heroes. But I sure. feel like that would I would want it either I would either want it told as a mythic story that's like animated, like Season mm-hmm. of the Wolf, yes. uh, the Witcher Netflix special, or I would want it to be like a gritty retelling that shows what actually happened with like a narration over the top at the beginning or at the end that tells like the mythic version. I don't know. There'd there'd be fun stylistic ways you could do it. And like, I don't want to go too in depth of what's to come in case somebody's watching like uncle Tom, right. Who I know is watching house of the dragon. He has no idea what he's watching. He's just, he loves game. He's one of those guys that would tell you that game of Thrones was fucking awesome. Right. Sure. And I don't begrudge him that he doesn't know. I, I struggle know to know better. Yeah, I, I mean, I struggle. Anybody who's read stories their entire lives should know better than to think that the eighth season was good because it narratively made no goddamn sense. Sure. But I can live with it because people have lives and children and and only 32 minutes a week to poop. So yes. it's it's fine if you liked it. I just knowing I just what's coming, I just think it's knowing that we have like red wedding ned's beheading level mm-hmm. shit to come yeah god i can't wait it's so good it's we, like my nipples are hard i thinking about the, uh the, like the line two. where where corla says to damon we're second sons i thought ooh, oh that was a good one that was a really nice. good one uh, can we talk about Corley's Valerian real quick sure oh, sure i thought you were gonna say can we talk about math smith's weird butt and I was like, it matches also, his yes. dragon. Is, it is, matches his dragon, which it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, because he's got the. It matches Slitter Diablo. <laughs> it's got that weird tail, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It's a fucking long snake. And I, I lo- like for, for what it's worth, I love the design of his dragon. It's probably my favorite dragon that I've seen in the show and like in Game of Thrones as a whole. Um, like the entire I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the fact that they have like Drogon and fucking Viserys and Rhaegal were all the same dragon, they're just two different colors. Sure. Right. I There's, love that these are distinct dragons, like to the point where yeah. Like um, in this third episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I guess it would be Sun Lanor. No. Who's who? Would, what's Lanor's dragon? Uh, oh, um, continue. Yeah, but I need to know it. 
Leonor's dragon's name was Sea Smoke. Yes. When sure. Sea Smoke came into frame and you knew right away it wasn't Caraxes, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's fucking cool. And I can't wait. I just... I'm hoping this is supposed to go for three seasons. Like they've said, it's three seasons. I'm hoping That's we it. get to see like Sheep Stealer and sure. um, what Just a, Cannibal. A huge, Cannibal is one of them. Yeah, I want to see it like as many dragons as you can feasibly Absolutely. put in the show. And God, I am, I am so ready for uh, the God's Eye. I'm not going to say anything more. I'm not going to say anything more on that. I'm honestly just really blown away by the show. I think it's been great. I think I, I, uh, I'm loving being back in this world and having it be something to like be proud of. If that makes sense. Sure. Totally. Totally makes sense to me. I have never wanted to fly a Targaryen banner as badly as I do. Because of no. Prince Damon and Princess Rhaenyra. Like, yes. Those two alone, like, you know what? I hate everything that you and your family stand for, but I would sell my soul to real, each of you. I've also noticed for me. I've also noticed something that's very strange in that when you put a poll up on the Song of Ice and Fire group, you mm-hmm. know, hey, greens or blacks, which mm-hmm. hasn't even been in the show yet. Hasn't even been referenced. Yeah. Blacks overwhelmingly blacks mm-hmm. no one chooses greens yeah couldn't imagine why well i'm wondering if you were to when it gets to that point where there's a clear delineation mm-hmm. will book only fans or book fans first let's call it mm-hmm. will they be still be black and will like unsullied's be green is that will it work out that way will 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 just show watchers turn on Rhaenyra and Damon? I mean, I've always been one to root for. I don't want to say the underdogs, but the people who are definitely assholes in Westeros. So they've got my vote through and through. Yeah, I really like Rhaenyra Blacks? and Damon. Well, they're not. Yes. They're they're assholes, but they're also right. Yeah, agreed entirely. 100%. I would so see they're like the best kind of asshole. Yes. Right. Like it's not prolapsed and maggoty, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. No uh no grease on this asshole. Ew. Yeah. Ew. What did we think of uh like uh Damon's last stand as we saw it there on screen? What do we th- what do we think of him saying I can't let I can't accept the help. Um, I refuse it. Um, you. That was by far the best episode so mm-hmm. far. I agree with you. Uh, quite, on quite a few levels. So, uh, spoiler-free, I guess. But The only but thing, it, I guess... It is... Go on. Go ahead, Rob. Oh, uh, I was going to say, the only thing that I really wished... That would have like the, the 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 icing on that the cake that was episode three. I really would have w- wished that we would have gotten to see uh, a fight sequence with Matt Smith as Damon and this crab guy. Even if he was, even if the crab eater, n- not uh, yeah, they, even if it's really not a fight, they... I wanted to actually see Damon in action, and I felt like yeah, we got the, uh... less of that. The Chekhov's crab feeder. 
Yeah, like... Well, you saw plenty of action on his way to him. Sure, but, like, whenever he walks into the cave, like, I... So whenever there's that shot of... Uh, spoilers, I guess, but, like, whenever there's that shot of Damon in the the cave entrance, uh, I thought he was going into the cave at that point in time instead of coming back out of it. Right. And I thought that the thing that he had in his offhand was... Uh, like just some nets that he had picked up. And I thought he was going to go and net the fucking crab and kill him to death. And I was like, this is going to be incredible. He's going to go in there. He's going to fucking bag this dude. Like this guy's not going to know what's going to hit him. And then he's going to get murdered and dragged out of there. Um, which like happened. Sort anyway, of right. but the f- which, which happened anyway, but like, you didn't get any of that. And I was kind of, I was a little disappointed about that. Not that it, like Damon didn't have his moment under the sun there. It was incredibly cool. All of that sequence. But I was just wishing that we would have gotten that like little bit at the end. Many more moments under the sun for him. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, it, it was a great scene. I'm not denying that. Uh, it was the one scene in the entire episode that really distracted me and pulled me out of the action because it was the, when he got hit by the arrows and then immediately pulled them out. I was like, you, that's not what you do with arrows. He and didn't pull them the, out. He broke them off. He broke them off. He broke nope. one of them off. He, he broke one of them off. He out. pulled two more straight out. Ah, nice. He yeah. catches one early, uh, early in the episode in like the shoulder and he pulls it straight out. Ah. And then, and then he, he uh, one in the leg uh, and two in the torso. He pulls the one of the leg out and then it's unclear what happens to the second one, but it looked pulled out to me. And then the third one, you get to see the broken shaft okay. uh, throughout the rest of the fight scene. I thought that he had, I, I didn't remember the other two. Yeah. But I just, uh, it was so distracting to me when it happened that I just, I fixated on it. Um, And then my favorite thing is the guy in the, I think it was a guy. It doesn't really matter their gender. Uh, the person in the 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 live thread who was like, well, they weren't barbed arrows, so it's fine. And I'm like, it was bigger at the end than it was at the front because that's how fucking arrows work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't pull them out, but it's fine. It's fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was a minor distraction in, a, in an otherwise excellent scene. Um, I did also, uh, I, I know that Valerian Steel is not like magic magic. It's just, it's really good against White Walkers or whatever. Uh, I, I was a little disappointed by how little it cleaved through things. It just, it seemed like it bounced off a lot of people. And then of course, just to bring it back to the crab feeder, it, it clearly cleaved right through him from, from shoulder to hip. And so it's just, I, I would have liked to have seen that too, is what I'm leading up to Rob is I I think it would have been fun to watch that fight. Even if it wasn't much of a fight, even if it was a really lame. Yeah. Even if the guy is a fucking dude in half. Yeah. Snoke styles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speaking of Valerian Steel, have you noticed um, the dagger that uh, Viserys carries on him? All I the time? did notice that. Yes. <laughs> that's cool. I thought that was yeah. very cool. That's good. Good. Good detail. Like the, um, that's the that's show the just with the really nails right? all of the Any, anything. Anything to distract from his face. I think is, is that a plus. A, sure. Is that the cat's paw dagger? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's it's yeah. actually it's named cat's paws cat's paw. It's the name of it that is actually cat's paw. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I that what's what's heartbreaking to me is whenever I saw it, that was immediately like me too. verbatim what I said in my head. 
oh, that's cat's paw. And then, like, I immediately went through the entire conversation with myself. That's not cat's paw. That's the cat's paw's oh. dagger. So, so my, <laughs> lo- my lovely friend, KRT, when that happened in the show and people were calling it cat's paw, and I believe actually HBO official was calling it cat's paw. They were. Like, they the were marketing as a, yeah. Um, you could buy it. She would go on like the work she it was the Lord's work, really, that she was doing in the group to just destroy people who were calling it that. And then they would argue with fucking KRT about what it was like to get the popcorn because this you'll never see anything better than this. And the mm-hmm. first time yeah. I saw it, I, I fucking messaged her. I was like, hey, look, it's it's cat's paw. And she fucking gave me like a uh. flip off emoji. <laughs> hey, look, I, at this. she's like, the, she's uh, like, I'm not doing it again. I was like, I don't worry. Not. I don't think anybody's going to notice. In that particular marketplace of ideas, she came with more coin mm-hmm. than anybody. Yes. So there's some there's some season two rumors, um, casting rumors that mm. um, I just want your guys just a quick thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, who you think maybe they could be rumored to be playing. Um, uh, Henry Cavill. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. And is he is he an older I, Aegon Targaryen? So here's my thing with that. I really would is like he a Baratheon. I would really like for that to be the case. I don't know if that's going to be the case if only because, like, he's currently in the Witcher market, but he's also yeah. not necessarily so loyal to the Witcher specifically that he wouldn't do Game of Thrones if had, he had the opportunity. I think if he was in Game of Thrones, if he was in this show, he wouldn't be a Targaryen. He wouldn't go with, like, the white hair and the fucking purple eyes. <laughs> because on, the off ha- on the other hand, though, him as Aemond. The Dragon Knight. Hmm. Kermit as the Dragon Knight? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I, I think I would rather see him a Baratheon. But like, Probably also, Aemon the Dragon Knight. Um, I could see him being a Baratheon. I could see him being a, um, like one, like a Stark. Yeah. I mean, um, but like, like Boros Baratheon, to, maybe. I think he'd make a better Baratheon than than a Stark. Starks are just too fucking ugly. That's true. What are you trying to say? I was just, I was just drawn as a Stark for a family tree. What are you fucking talking about? I stand by everything. Actually, I take it back. <laughs> I, I take you it back. A I, was, I was an Umber. Thank yeah, you. Uh, never mind. Yeah. Never the fuck. You mind. <laughs> um, the other one is, uh, oh, God, what is her fucking name? Mm-hmm. Oh. Lord. Elizabeth Olsen. Mm, I did uh, hear that one as well. Uh, big names for a, for a TV show that's not. I mean, but it's related. not like this is a small TV show. No, I know. I just it's shocking. It is shocking. I I think that because those would be they the biggest names that they have in this show. Anyone who's played a superhero in the last two years. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Players. Yeah. Gal Gadot is going to be our uh, next. Uh, here comes Dornish princess. Um, Could Anthony she be uh, as the Dragon Knight? <laughs> Anthony Mackie as the voice of <laughs> Nettles. 
the voice is she's animated yeah um could uh could she be uh um helena targaryen the uh i guess the second born of alice and hightower uh or. i mean there are there are any number of the, the dark areas that we could shoot with um I, I first of all thumbs I, down i don't want her on the show my yeah my my big problem with named actors like this is like i get the appeal but i really like for the most part having gone into this and i'm sure this is also just like my own ignorance specifically regarding the act like the cast of this but like i really like that i don't see anybody in this show that i'm immediately like oh this person's from this oh this person's from this i can just well watch more movies because i can't get past the casting of viserys it irks the fuck out of me Really? I don't even know if it's I really, really want to look it up. I'm sure. I'm sure as soon as I do, I'll know him. But. It's fucking Patty Considine. Are you fist fucking me? Sure. He's. They could do. They could have done much better on any number of levels. You know what, though? I think. I mean, I do uh-oh. kind of I agree on that, but like, I like the character. Killing it. I think I, yeah. he's killing it. Like. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I think his acting's fine, but he's too much of a fucking jello dick to be a a powerful Targaryen. Yeah, but I it think that's kind of this character's carry. whole and, point, isn't he? Like, not a powerful Targaryen, objectively. He's, like, he's barely Targaryen. Like, I, I've gotten over the Matt Smithness of it because he is a good enough actor to make it work, even though he is not impressive as I would think a Daemon Targaryen would be. Uh, he has, he has the face that he's, he's making it work. Was like interrupted in its making. Yes. Yeah. But I just don't think that the Viserys casting is. That's the only think, real swing and miss. I think that character wise, he's like like acting wise, he's dead on. Like I think really he's fantastic. Him. I do agree that like I see his face and immediately I. Uh, oh, he's from Peaky Blinders. Uncle, okay. it's Uncle Todd. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that to you, but it's just Uncle Todd. Yeah, um, with a wig. He's like but, he's like Canadian Simon Pegg. He he plays that role. Everything else up to this point. So, but with that said, he has brought like, an incredible depth to the character. I mean, yeah. he's a good dude. He he truly loves his daughter, and he truly loved his wife, and he's trying to be a good king. He's just an ineffective fucking guy. Yeah, which is why, which is why, fucking Doctor Kurt Connors can fucking run roughshod over him and tell him what he needs to think. That's Otto Hightower, no. by the way. In case you were wondering. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, right. In case you, I, in I, case I, you didn't know, guy. he was in he was in a <laughs> Spider Man movie. I didn't. Rob Sputin. Yeah, uh, that's where I actually recognized him from was as Ra Ra Rasputin from The Kingsman. Wait, was he really? Hell yeah, yeah, he was. Oh Hell yeah, he was. I like. I saw him and I was like, "Oh, you just shaved just, your like beard and cut your hair a little bit." He reminds me so much of like 2012, <laughs> just, 2013 Rob. Yeah, yeah. No, I, think, I didn't even recognize him as the actor from for that played Rasputin. You're not. You're not off though. No offense. He's the, the lover of the Russian queen. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 
a great scene that is. Not to pivot away, but it is a great scene. Uh, what an amazingly tripping balls movie and scene that is. Yeah. It's, we all. we should honestly have a uh, just a episode on that at some point in time. I'd be happy uh, to sit down and talk yeah. about that. I am very rarely like what? Whoa! And that there are a happen. number of scenes in those movies that I would like just yeah. sit down and break down. Yes, yeah, one of I the think. only. Movies yeah, you're absolutely right. What a what a weirdly underrated and odd little series that that it's Kingsman's. bonkers. That first movie, like that, it's fucking scene, bonkers. Oh, oh yeah. wild. Yeah. And then, and then, like, doesn't doesn't fucking like Eggsy have to fight like a girl in those uh, um, General Scott Petraeus fucking mm-hmm. like like speed running stilts? Yeah, I think that's the second one. My God, is that yeah. did I meant this? Did I mean to say Oscar Pistorius? Yes, you did. Yeah, but I, I like what you uh, did. Instead, you went with uh, Petraeus, three star general. <laughs> Oh, did I, did I, did I incept you? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Another well-established jello dick. (laughs) Oscar Pistorius. And then doesn't the movie end, doesn't, isn't the last shot in the movie, like, hey, come fuck my butt. Yeah, Yeah. in the first one, yeah. And that ends the movie. The movie ends with, hey, come fuck my butt, like promised. That's the, that's the, that's how it ends. In the weird, it's like, I, the weirdest ending. Yeah. Then in the second one, doesn't he have to put like a, doesn't he have to like finger bang a girl at a festival to put like a tracker inside of her? Yeah, Don't recall that right. part. Haven't well, seen we'll it. We'll have to rewatch the movies. He has, he has to introduce the previously mentioned um, Otto Hightower Rasputin, which is weird. Hold on. That's, well, that's what the movie, third one. What movie was prequel. that then? That's The King's Man. Mm. No, there's no, there's no finger banging in the King's Man. I swear there is. No, no, I think he's talking about. No, King he's King thinking of the one with Pedro with, Pascal, I think. Yeah, and Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah, that's a King's Man, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's like, like that's like all the King's Men or something. It's the uh, third yeah, well, one. They bring the Americans in. It's sure. like Kingsman Two, what? the Golden Circle, or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Red Viper and uh, the dude from Magic Mike are like. Um, early Secret Service cowboys. And they've got like uh, whips. That can, I didn't like, watch that one. They can like cut through steel. And no, thank you. Well, early cowboys? Early Secret Service cowboys. Oh, God. I, I have no idea when these. I think I, think I saw this one. It was like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I think I saw that <laughs> yes. I that movie. The last movie Sean Connery ever did because well, he missed out the on movie the movie that broke him. I think it's the last movie he ever did live because then he later did Billy the Mailman. Mm. <laughs> I love that he missed out. Or Sir Billy. Not Sir, it was Billy the Mailman. It was Sir Billy. He tells his agent, I'm not doing this fantasy movie. I'm Sir Sean Connery. So no, not uh, going to be Gandalf. And then that movie becomes <laughs> it is. So he says, don't allow me to pass on the next big franchise movie mm-hmm. so he goes he becomes, naturally he stars in the league of extraordinary gentlemen and then by the end of the movie has his character written in to die because he doesn't want to do a sequel because he hates it <laughs> and then he john dies. connery and then he dies 
It's the best. The fucking best. I fucking That's love pretty, it. Pretty pop. That's Speaking of that. But it's also why we have Brian game. Cox in the show Secession. Because he passed on Game of Thrones and then told his agent, if HBO ever approaches me again with fucking anything, immediately tell them yes. And then they put Secession across his desk and his agent said yes. That's he a did. pretty decent show. It's, yeah. it's a slow burn, but it's pretty decent. Good show, though. But it's also, it's also he's, he's on it because he was supposed to be Jor Mormont. No. So and he's the perfect Jor Mormont. He's the oh, perfect he Jor Mormont. Right. Yeah. While we're back in Game of Thrones territory for this brief second, um nice the last thing that I want to say on uh House of Dragons specifically is the thing that aside from the details and the accessibility of it um and the pacing for the story, the um the thing that I have enjoyed the most is the framing and the scale of the shots. Uh, they do an incredible job with making things seem, you know, larger than life and fantasy or like giving things actual scale, like the dragon and the princess lurking in the background on the bridge during that bridge scene with like all of the other characters um, that were in the discussion already at the fore of the camera, like way in front of the dragon and the princess. Um, But you still got to feel like the absolute immensity of just a dragon being around or being in the presence of Dragonstone or being in the presence of Balerion, the Black Dread's helm. They like... They do great pulled back shots. There's just... another scene that you're t- like to where you can see like the red keep and the dragon mm-hmm. pit and yeah. the sept way in the background of when they're approaching. Yes. I agree, Rob. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the last thing that I wanted to say on it, but I really appreciate that. I think that it really does give it uh, this this. Yes. bigger you know larger than life quality and i really like that i i do feel like the the and and every episode so far has kept up with it but the very first episode i finished it and i think i texted you guys it feels like the showrunners understand the world sure and that's that's has remained true so far and i'm i'm i remain i'm i'm not even cautiously optimistic anymore i have moved into optimism i'll give them four seasons Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give him four look, I may, seasons. I, gave, I may if season four was when Game of Thrones sucked, so you know, so, four was fun. fine. It was after four that yeah, I just that everything went to fucking. I just it was around four that I gave up. Sure, and then I didn't come back till season six. When when Dorne went away permanently somehow, mm. yeah. sank into the Dorn. ocean. Oh, Here's the thing: I'm opened. really excited for Dorne to have a chance at actually getting some good screen time in this show. Luck. Why did There's, they ever even go to Dorne in the original Game of Thrones? I don't know. Like in the books or in the the show? No, 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 in the show. Like why? I I think they they... thought they would have more books to deal with when they got there. Uh, Yeah. And they they were like, hey, we can't not do this because like that's where young Griff shows up. Right. Right. And this guy, you know, we just watched somebody get their head pop up, popped 
uh, and they were from Dorne. And and everybody was very invested into that character. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he he died of uh, Boba Fett syndrome. Yeah, so like (laughs) naturally, we have to go to Dorne. Yeah, he died from he was died from Sarlacc. Sarlacc pit. And then after that, he got some lizard. I don't don't remember that from season five. It was a different time. You stopped watching in season four. Yeah. Didn't show up again until season six, probably for the best. Right in the book of Red Viper, uh, Disney Plus show coming out. Mm, God damn it! God. Uh, on that note, uh, Joe, what are you uh, what are you geeking on this week? What am I geeking on this week? Um. Oh gosh, I feel like it's something. It's probably mm-hmm. it's probably House of the Dragon. I've really enjoyed it. It's been it's been really good. I've been I've been. Having a good time with it. Also, um, uh, uh, really, Worldcon was was great. It was good to see people. Uh, I'm bummed that I got sick and couldn't come back. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm I am I'm pre geeking on uh, my danger is in uh, as of today, and nice. uh, we're gonna go to the uh, the league regional that's happening this weekend in Chicago. Nice. That is so the League of Legends. Um, oh. Uh, yeah, they they do like so regional and then like that's apropos. Yeah, I thought uh, with it being fantasy football season, you guys were like watching the league regional, right? <laughs> also yeah. that. Yeah. Also, what's that other? Never mind. Moments passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, what are you kicking on this week? Um, Caucasian ethnic fusion cookie. <clears throat> No, that's uh, not Asian that. ethnic Sorry, what? cooking. Is that where you just like make things slightly less spicy and add slightly more mayo? Is where you that's discover exactly a recipe it. by making it. Where where white people wear inappropriate cultural appropriation clothing and mm-hmm. meals of significance with skim milk. Uh no. Um uh, on, on Vegas, I guess. Went to Vegas. <laughs> Last week, uh, for the aforementioned Kirkland brand Viserys's birthday, and mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. Um, hadn't been in a while since pre-COVID. I, I like me some Vegas. Saw some shows, played some cards, had some laughs. So, uh, oh, just yeah. have a few laughs. Hadn't been on an airplane, as I mentioned pre-show, uh, on an airplane since 2006, but since we were knee-deep in cocktails, I ended up having to uh, break that streak, and it was a it was as awkward as one might imagine. <laughs> so, don't Howdy. do it if you don't have to. Yeah, it's bad. Weird. Uh, Ryan? Uh, three fantasy drafts in the last week. Um, it's football season starting tomorrow as we record this. Uh, looking forward to it. It's almost soup season. And when you mix soup season and football season, it's kind of a magical place. Sundays, you know, make a big pot of chili or something and you just kind of eat it all day. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Some borscht. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had, uh, three Mm -hmm. fantasy drafts on three different platforms. Um, Oh, so three. Well, I got the Yahoo. I got the Wayne Snedden League on Yahoo. I've got uh, 
the uh, the League of Ice and Fire on ESPN, and then I have the uh, TJ's Dynasty League that I'm in, which is on the Sleeper app, which is fun. So yeah, fantasy football. I'm kind of geeking on it this week. I've uh, uh, my lineup is set for tomorrow. I think I had a good draft, and I'm uh, I'm I'm ready for it, man. It's it's like I said, it's soup season. That means it's also harvest season. Which means I get to drive around very important machinery and drink beer. So it is that time right. of year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, my guy Mac uh, did something no Elliot has ever done last week. Um, he graduated scored, college. He scored a touchdown. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. He uh uh he's five eight now and turning into a, a fun little go up and get the ball receiver. So. Five eight already? Wasn't yeah. he like five five two weeks ago? Yep. He actually uh he he actually has grown uh almost uh he's grown one and three quarter inches since the start of school. Jesus. Jeez. Oh yeah, five eight. It's weird hoping, that you know that. I'm hoping that the uh uh I'm hoping that the doctor I don't know if I'm hoping the doctor the doctor said he's thinking probably six eleven if he keeps going the way he's going. Mm-hmm. So perfect. It's an awkward height. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure it's. I mean, you would know. Start, start, get, start getting to smoke some cigarettes in a couple of years. Then, <laughs> okay, that'll go. Uh, cool. Cigarettes and coffee. Got a head, got a head. Like a Jim Jarmuth movie. Work for me. Um, Rob, have you? Maybe I tuned it out. I uh, I have not gone yet. Thank you. Oh, for so asking. hey, hey, man, what are you getting on this week? Uh, I'm glad that you asked. Uh, so I uh, recently hooked up my PlayStation again and decided that I would try my hand at some PlayStation games and stuff. And so I've been catching up on my backlog there. Uh, two games that I have been playing through most recently. Uh, one of them is called Stray. Uh, Stray is a game where you play as a cat in a giant cyberpunk world. Yeah, uh, it, it's like you're not a cyberpunk cat or like a mecha cat tank or anything like that. You're you're nope. a cat, just uh, a cat. and you're just you're just a cat exploring a big fucking cyberpunk world, and it's incredible. I'm not uh, sure. I'm I'm not sure. I'm interested if I can't be a uh, mecha, mecha cat, cat tank. Uh, if you want to play that game, you want to play Jet Force Gemini, and we can <laughs> fucking get into the reads about that. Uh, uh, is it? I have a very important question about it, and that is, uh, the cat can die in the game. Uh, I have only played a little bit of it. I have not yet got my cat killed. If that is a possibility, I would okay. like I to just, hope that it's uh, not. But like, you're in a cyberpunk world, and everything's hell. So probably. Gotcha. I think I would enjoy it, and I would love to play it. But um, I'm I'm not allowed to play games where animals that can be pets can die while my wife is home, and that's most of the time that I play. So. That's I just, fair. If I you don't can find that out and let me know. I would. Uh, yeah, I'll get back to you. I'd I don't play it. I think I'd like it. I think my cats would like it. Yeah. So. Um. But the, it's pretty fun. Uh, it's a great platformer puzzle solving game. Um, I really like it. Uh, and then the other game that I've been pouring far more time into is a game that I've wanted to play for uh, many, many moons, uh, and it's called Ghost of Tsushima. And Great it, game. It, it's an incredible game. Uh, you play as uh, you, got yourself a ho- you got yourself a horse yet? Yeah, I got a horse. I bet. What'd you name it? Uh, Nobu. Uh, I picked the black horse and named it Nobu. 
Um, it's a great game. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, it's set during, I think, like the... Oh, God. Uh, it's set during a Mongol invasion of Japan. Uh, and I should probably have... It's like the, the 13th century. Um, and you play as a samurai who's on a quest for, like, vengeance slash trying to, like, help his country and liberate his people from Mongol invaders and it's incredibly dramatic it's uh it's very cinematic it's got um a bunch of different setting options for it which i really like um like being able to tailor your gameplay mode so uh i currently have mine set up in japanese with english subs and uh you could put it in a black and white kurosawa mode but i really like the colors of the game so i've got it in uh just a colored cinematic mode and i am currently running it on the lethal difficulty which is basically a sword swing will kill you so it's the it's a brutal game on this difficulty especially for playing it for the first time and it's been fantastic because Despite it being brutal, like the moments that you get through an encounter and and you, you know, go through an entire event or sequence, uh, whenever you finish it, you feel like just a sword saint god. And it's incredible. Um, so really enjoy it. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima would recommend. Uh, and then it's if you good, like what you heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, if you like what you heard, go ahead and tell us uh, what you would name your horse if you were fighting off Mongol invaders or invaders of any kind. Uh, also, give us five stars um, on any of the podcast apps that you find us on. All and of them. All of them, yeah. And then you can go check us horse, out on... By the way. Oh, nice. Kage. Ooh. Kage, nice. The, you picked the white horse and named it Shadow. I like yeah, that. That's why I that's did it. Also, I picked the black horse and named it like Noble or something like that or Trust. Trust. Uh, Trust. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. I picked, I, I picked the white horse and I saw the option was Shadow. I was like, bing. That's it. Hell yeah. Excellent. Midnight would have been better. Well, not an option. Oh. Uh, there's, this, there's this site we have that Joe and I have made a La Pacta de Lupus together that we will we will um we're gonna strip i think we're gonna get rid of t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff we're just gonna have shower curtains posters and koozies uh, but gclthreadless.com is going to have a lot of new designs up in the off season here bear with us it will happen in the meantime you can go there now and get anything you want like a skateboard or whatever uh gcl.threadless.com that's uh gcl.threadless.com We'll probably, keep, we'll probably keep t-shirts and stuff. Find us on socials and stuff at KeyCast Live, FinalPress.com, all that shit. Tell us what you would name your horse when you give us five stars. <laughs> and $200, we'll watch uh, a fantastic Mark Dacascos uh, double back. back great album. way, a great way to send us $200 would be to go to Patreon.com slash Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually make that two hundred dollars go towards the thousand dollar goal to get Joe to watch Godfather. Yeah, do it <laughs> monthly. Uh, in five months, I'll watch Godfather. It'll be great. Unbelievable. Gross. Uh, we'll see you in hell, everybody. Bye. Done.
Next Don't week, episode 420. Ooh. It's, it's time. Hi. Hey, everyone. Nico here. And as always, we just want to take a minute to thank all those degenerates, ne'er-do-wells, and supporters who make this ill-fated machine stumble to the finish line. We could not do it without you, for better or worse. So thank you, as always, to Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lotta Bartova, Kelly Shuttleward, the Poly Nerds, the K-Man, Quentin Quattrain, my man Dan Shale, Randy the Bang Bus, Bang Bus, Hapless Sam McGillicuddy, Churchill Dowds, I don't know if that's their official website, that might be porn, Rose Rosenstein, Sandy Hornblower, <laughs> that's a Grumpkin's flight right there, that's from, what is that? Charleston, uh, Pinkert Hagers. We've got Jew Dave, which is Dave the Fish. Girl from There Ways, Three Finger Emily. We love all of you. Get in on the action. You know where to follow us. If not, Joe will tell you. I'm not reading that name because that's not a real person, but the rest of you are. We love you. Thank you, as always. Check this.